And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is our latest edition of the Weighing In Podcast, where my man Josh Thompson is coming to you live from Lake Tahoe in some bedroom somewhere. I don't know. It's not even a studio. I don't know what he's doing, but we got a lot to talk about. As far as the UFC in Paris happened, it was a great show with a lot of great fights. We're going to talk about those, some of the things that are coming up, all kinds of happenings in the world of MMA. My man, I saw you were golfing. You're just out there just partying. Just, you retired bastard, you. Crushing the ball. I love being crushing retired. It's so ball. nice. That was crushing the golf ball yesterday because obviously at altitude, the ball flies a little bit further. Just a little bit. But I don't want to take away from my power, as you guys oh, can see. Oh, there I it is. born now. with power, this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was uh, it was one of those uh, great mornings. We we were the first to tee off. It was me and my brother, and uh, had some great shots, man. I had some fuck up shots. <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of fuckery going on. That <laughs> is what happens you. in golf. Gosh, I hated it. I was hitting. I had a, I had two drives. I would say probably close to three hundred, maybe three three ten. They got plugged, so I could have got another twenty, maybe thirty yards out of it had they not plugged. So, but then it didn't matter anyways. My second shots. See, it's ruined. all about you drive <laughs> for show, but you putt and pitch for dough, it baby. Was, I couldn't get out of my own way yesterday. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I had some great drives and they plugged, pulled them out. I was like, okay, I'm only about 70 yards away. Yeah. No bueno. No, yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. So uh, overall though, the weather here is really nice. It's hot here. Um, yesterday by 9 a.m. It was about 91, 93, Ooh. somewhere around there. Yeah, it was hot. So, but it's been nice, man. It's been great. So family's all up here. Um, having a great time. All the, all my little nephews, nieces and nephews all running around playing on the golf course, you know, cause we're right out here on the golf course. So the, um, where we're staying is the golf course is the backyard. So <laughs> after like, after like four o'clock, the kids are out there just playing. We're all playing football and catch and whatever on the golf course. So, cause there's no one out there. So. It's been nice. It's been great. Barbecuing up the storm. Oh. Love it. Just nothing but just barbecue. So thankful for this uh, Labor Day weekend and uh, blessed that we um, live in such a wonderful country. And able to take advantage of it. Exactly. 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 So um, let's talk. Let's talk about the fights. Get, go ahead and get me started. I don't have a screen today to, wow. to see you know, what the fights are all about, but I, I do watch the fights. I think we got to start off at the at the top of the card there with Cyril Gon versus Tai Tuivasa. I loved the fight. I thought Tai Tuivasa came out there came out there to win. He came out there slinging the way he could. Again, Cyril Gon very difficult to touch, and you know Tai missed a lot of shots on him. But you know when he got that chance in that second round, he put him on his butt. <laughs> He got his attention. There was, you know, a lot going on in that fight, and it was, you know, a lot of gamesmanship, a lot of, you know, you saw the feints and everything. But Cyril Khan, for a big man, moves so well. In yeah. and out, very difficult. He's got a beautiful jab, and that, look at the the teep up the middle. It was the difference maker. And, and, you know, you used to use that 
you know, a lot in your career. I have had that happen to me many times in sparring and I don't like it because it sucks. It's like someone taking a, it's almost like someone taking a cue from pool and it's just jabbing you in the gut repeatedly. And it just, after a while, you can't even tighten up. It's just a bitch. And so as that was happening, I was feeling for Ty. I was going, oh, man, that sucks. Oh, that sucks. Oh, that sucks. And, you know, Cyril did exactly what he was supposed to do. Kept going right back to the same spot. But what a fight. I mean, it, it had it all. It had It had some drama. It had Ty actually faking like he was hurt at a certain point to try to land the big shot as Cyril came in. It just had it all. I thought it was it was a fun fight. It showed the difference between a guy who is very technical and good with his movement and distance control and a guy who is the brawler and, and has to suck you into his game. And, and a couple of times, Ty kind of did suck him into that. And so it made for a really fun fight, in my opinion. All right, this show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Look, there were some great fights this weekend in France. We had some fantastic performances by Ty Tuavasa and, of course, Cyril Gan, who had a great performance, great on his feet, in big trouble in the second round. But, John, there was some money to be made at MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code WAYNEIN. That little QR code right there that Podcast Dave is going to put up, click on that. You get some money for your first initial buy-in with our promo code WAYNEIN. Go to mybookie.ag. Pete Sell, Scott Smith. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. I love that fight. Very similar. I mean, except Scott Smith was really hurt. I'm glad. <laughs> but yes, it was, he was. He was really hurt. So was Ty. <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was a good fight. Um, I have no complaints. I loved the whole I loved the action from beginning to end. I thought that I thought a lot of people overlooked tied to Avasa. Um, we talked about him on this show last week. I said, look, he's got an uphill battle. There's no doubt about it. When you're yeah. dealing with someone who is as athletic as uh, Cyril Gaon, the movement, the way he, ba- which is so crazy to me, John, when I look at him, the way he bounces on his feet, you're like, you it, you look like a, fe- a bantamweight. He looks like a lightweight. He moves around. Yeah, he, he yeah. just bounces around. I mean, he's, he looks so light on his feet. He possesses power. His jab is super fast. That was the yep. biggest problem last night. Yeah, I know the speed the kicks, was a big problem. The speed was a problem, but the the jab was really frustrating tied to Avasa. And then after that, it became the push kicks. So what yeah. you do is with with push kicks, it's I used I utilize the push kick as more of a jab because um, I didn't like to get hit. So I use I utilize the longer version of of the jab. Then I went back to the jab, and then you come back in with the push kick. You're mixing it up. Cyril Gaon, he was fully, he was full, fully aware of. He had the speed advantage. He had, a, he was more athletic. He did such great work last night, John, all the way around. I mean, it wasn't just that. Even when he got dropped in the second round, he was able to clinch, hold. He he fought very smart last night. He had a very high uh, fight IQ. I was very impressed with his performance all the way around. Also. Even though Ty lost, I don't think there's one fan that he lost. I think in that oh, in in France, in every worldwide, everyone that was watching, they were thinking to themselves, "This son of a bitch is a motherfucker." <laughs> we <laughs> love him. Like they they. I mean, like that's what I was thinking when I'm watching this. I was thinking to myself, "This kid's so damn tough and so oh, good yeah. and so confident." 
even the, what was it? I think it was in the second or was it the second or the third round? He's telling the crowd to get on their feet and he's getting peppered, you know, oh, yeah. and it was, it was amazing to watch. I love fighters like that. I will tune in and look, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. You guys, I don't pay for one damn pay-per-view. I stream it always illegally because that's who I am. Okay. And when it comes down to it. I pay for everyone. I will. I swear to God, I will pay to watch that guy fight. He is fantastic. There's certain fighters that you will pay to watch fight. Nick and Nate Diaz is one of them. Okay. Ty Tuivasa is one of them. I mean, there are fighters on the list that I will pay. You know, I will pay to always watch, you know, Masvidal. He used to pay to watch Gilbert fight when he was fighting. There's certain fighters that I will always pay to watch. And honestly, Rob Whitaker's one of them now, honestly, after that whole performance last night. We'll get into him in a little bit, but yeah. I want to give Ty to Avasa and, and Cyril Gaughan their dues, man. Great performances last night. Unbelievable as far as and, – and the one thing that you're talking about, you know, with <clears throat> with Ty is, you know, a lot of guys will go in there and, and they'll they'll take shots to the point where it's like, I, I can't beat this guy. And look, at the, that goes through your head. When you're having a hard time hitting the, hitting a guy and he keeps on peppering you and he's hurting you, it goes through your head, shit, I can't beat this guy. Dude, the shot that he took near the end in the stand-up, you take a look at how flush that thing hit him. Man, yeah, it definitely hurt him. He still didn't go down. Yeah, He did not go down off of that shot. And I was like, I was amazed. When I saw the way his head torqued off of that shot, and he was able to stay on his feet. The dude's got a chin. Man, he is tough as hell. Again, you can't take anything from Cyril Khan. That's why he's number one. He belongs where he's at. The guy is just a beautiful fighter as far as his ability to control the distance, control the range, land shots, not really get hit a lot, although he took the one big shot. But he, as soon as he popped to his feet right into the clinch, you saw, you know, Ty was trying to get rid of him, couldn't get rid of him right away. Smart fighting by Cyril Gaon. I enjoyed just the entire fight. I thought it was fun to watch. I thought it was two different approaches to the fight game. We both we talked about that. But they showed how in that different approach how you could be successful against the other at certain times and yeah. that's what made for a really interesting fight. Yeah, Sirogon had all the, like I said, all the abilities to to make it a boring fight, which he didn't. He, yeah. he there was moments in there. I'm sure his corner uh, was screaming at him, "Don't get into the slug <laughs> match. Don't trade." <clears throat> like they were thinking to themselves, "That's the only way you lose this fight. That's Don't exactly do that." It. But he went out there and he really tested the limits. I was very impressed, man, because John. Last week I sat on this show and I said. This guy is dealing with so much stress. A lot of pressure. Your family, you've got family, you've got friends, you've got everybody under the sun. People you haven't talked to in five to ten years hitting you up for tickets. <clears throat> you've got them all, man. And they're all there just basically base, bugging the shit out of you. You know, a week to two weeks before the fight going, hey, where can I get some tickets? Where do I get them? Dude, go to Ticketmaster. Leave me alone. You know what I mean? But... All the pressure of being the main event, <clears throat> big performance, first um, <clears throat> first show in France for the UFC, as we pointed out last week, or you pointed out last week. Um, <clears throat> it really comes down to the fact that there was so much stress and so much um, weight on Saragon's shoulders to perform, and he delivered. It's not the easiest thing to do, man, and people need to give 
I need to, I, a lot of us need to give a lot of credit to Cyril Gaon for such a great performance and not just him, but Ty, Ty it went in there as an underdog, went in there as, as, you know, um, <clears throat> the, the bad guy, you know, the evil villain, basically yeah. someone to come in there and upset to be the upset. And he fought his ass off. He is a performer. He is someone that really dedicated himself to winning that fight. Some fighters, like you said, John, when they start realizing that they're losing, they just lay down and they fold or they just wilt under the pressure and just, nah, it's not my time, you know, and they, they start accepting that. Yep. No different than what Dean Thomas was talking about with Leon Edwards, you know, when he started to just look like he was wilting and falling under the pressure. Very similar to something that Ty Tuivasa would have had to deal with because he's dealing with the crowd that's obviously 100% behind you know there may have been there may have been one person from australia (laughs) yeah maybe two maybe two um but you know what i mean like it was absolutely it's not the easiest thing to deal with it really isn't came into into uh uncharted territories into enemy grounds and really delivered a great performance it didn't go his way but man john (laughs) i really really enjoyed that fight from from beginning to end it was a great performance by both fighters and and uh, I like I said, I will always pay. I will always pay. Pay. Okay? The key word is pay. pay. I it's will pay. pay to watch Todd Tuivasa fight every single Me time. Me too. Love the guy. So, absolutely amazing. Uh, Robert Whitaker taking on Marvin Vittori. This is, you know, you, you looked at it and you go, hey, man, both outstanding in the middleweight division. It's just that, and, and Robert Whitaker is in that position where, you know, people talk about, oh, Colby Covington and, you know, Kamaru Usman, when that whole thing was going, you know, if it wasn't for Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington would be the champion. Maybe, you know, that's, there's a good possibility, but I'll tell you what, if there was not you know, this guy named Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker would still be the champion of the middleweight division. He is, he's a step ahead of everybody else there is except for Izzy. I want to talk to you about one of our favorite sponsors. It is Fume. F-U-M. Fume is for you. If you're a smoker, you're a vapor, you are someone that has that type of habit and you want to get back to being healthy, get off of that horrible cigarette or vaping habit that you have, Fume is the product for you. This prominent right here, you're going to take an essential core. You put that core, which is essential oils on that core, and you can use this Fume prominent anywhere. You can use it while you're driving with your kids. You can use it if you're traveling no matter if it's on a train, on a plane, fume is the way for you to continue with that hand-to-mouth habit, but not with the nasty results of what cigarettes or vaping will do for you. Fume is an outstanding product. I want you to go to Breathe Fume, and fume does not have an E, F-U-M, slash weighing in. Use the weighing in code for your 10% off on your first purchase fume is something that will help you become a healthier person i believe in it josh believes in it the weighing in podcast stands behind fume please if you're a smoker you're a vapor go to fume use this get healthy he put on a beautiful performance i thought very controlled very regulated he took the first round to figure out the distance and exactly how he could counter what Vittori was going to come at him with. And then from about halfway through the first round, he just took that fight over. And he took it over based upon fight IQ, understanding 
you know, here's here's where my you know strength lies, and here's what he's doing. This is what I can do, and then just setting forth and going after it, dude. He just he hit Vittori with some big shots, and he hit him with a ton of volume too. And so, I mean, just I, I give it to Vittori, super tough as always. He's he has shown that throughout his career in the UFC. He just doesn't have the he doesn't have the full game that he needs to be able to beat Robert Whitaker, and I think that showed in that fight. You know what surprised me <clears throat> is that as Vittori's a southpaw, that he doesn't throw his rear leg head kick more often. Yeah. <clears throat> you would think by training at King's MMA or whatever it is, like he would have more of a fluidity in understanding <clears throat> sorry guys, um, that that left that rear leg head kick or that rear leg body kick is the biggest pain in the ass for every conventional fighter. Like anyone that stands normal, it's you're constantly thinking about that kick because there's so much power generated. Your hands not normally up on that side as much as it normally is. You know, when you're fighting a normal, another conventional fighter, I'm surprised that he didn't throw that kick more often. I think he threw it one time when I watched that fight, he threw it one time. <clears throat> and it just wasn't – he just – on the feet, he was completely outclassed, which is nuts to yeah. me because I know he's a good grappler. I know he's good on the in, the in the aggression and the pace and all of those things, but you really need to evolve your stand-up if you're going to fight someone like Robert Whitaker. Switching your stance a little bit maybe, making him think, coming back to a normal uh, – to your southpaw stance and then throwing your combinations. He just – he was one step behind the whole way. And I picked him as our as the dark horses we did on our five rounds main event last week. Yeah, and uh, you know you picked someone who wasn't the dark horse. I picked the actual dark horse, but um, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and I really yeah. thought that he had a chance, but it was very evident after about I'd say two and a half, three minutes of the first That's round. Yep, the speed was going to be a factor. The technique was going to be a factor. Now I thought also too when I looked at the tie two of Austin's Sorogon fight, I'm like, man, Ty's going to get outclassed. He was a little bit outclassed, but he fought his ass off, was able to drop, you know, Cyril gone. Vittori seemed so much slower, so much like out of range. Whitaker was so much out of range. He he was such that a was, better technician. That was the difference, I thought. Yeah. He could not break that range. He could not come inside of it. And even though, think about it, Whitaker was doing this. He kept dipping his head to his right. He would he would throw that and he would dip his head off the right and I thought because of the south pilot boy be careful that that kick's gonna come up he's gonna time that mm-hmm. was never able to do it was never in that position to be able to get that off so like there was a combination that I always use when I fought a south ball <clears throat> and when you fight a south ball like the same thing goes for a south ball when you're fighting someone who's conventional. Throw the body shot, the straight body shot, whether it's a right or left hand. For me, it was a right hand to the body. Come back up top with a left hook and then finish up with the with the rear head kick. Those type of combinations, they constantly are getting the your opponent to go up and down. And they're not expecting that head kick on that side because they don't fight someone that's normally that direction. Now, Vittori, South Pauls almost always have to fight right-handed right right-handed people yeah, so they should so they he should know better oh, yeah. he should know that that rear leg head kick or that rear leg body kick especially the body the body because you knew robert whitaker was not going to try to take you down he did at the end the very end 
<clears throat> but what he should have done was <clears throat> what he should have done was he should have really tried to let that body kick go more often because even if he did get taken down he's the better grappler on the bottom he's the better guy getting up to his feet I mean, well maybe not the better guy getting up to his feet but he's the better grappler you know <laughs> and he wanted the fight on the ground anyways so he should have th- let through caution to the wind like how Nino Schremer used to do back in pride he would throw head kick after head kick after head because he's like go ahead Take me down. If I fall down, what do you do? Come into my guard. Go ahead. And do you so really? That, hold on. You got. Do you really think that Vittori is a better grappler than than Whitaker, though? Like jujitsu wise, I believe so. Yes, I don't think. I so. think so. Yeah. I think so. I think Vittori is a better grappler. I'm not saying that. Like, I'm not saying that he would have been able to finish him from the bottom. But you wanted the fight on the ground, anyways. And the potential of getting a sweep is a lot more. Of, the potential of getting a sweep was probably more likely than him getting a takedown. <laughs> I mean, John, let's be real. Like, there's a chance when you threaten a submission, you can get into a scramble where you potentially can get on top. Him well, trying to just shoot I'm a normal not, takedown agree, wasn't, wasn't working. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I didn't see Vittori being able to take Whitaker down with a normal takedown. Yeah. I thought if he hit him with a shot, he could get on top of him, mm. you know, get him down that way. But in a, a normal wrestling exchange, he was not going to take him down. But no. I do not in any way think that he has a better grappling pedigree or game than Whitaker. I thought Whitaker has the advantage there. Really? Hmm, yeah. Interesting. I, I think that Vittori has the better, like, jiu-jitsu. And look, and when you're talking, we're talking the, the top elite level of guys. Sure. I mean, I, one of them would have had to have made a mistake or one of them would have had to, like, hit this in a position where they caught him in a scramble. You know, um, I'm not saying that Vittori was going to go out there and, you know, Charles Oliveira him, you know, with triangle <laughs> arm bars, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't going to happen like that. But I, I really believe that yeah, even if he would have thrown the head kick and got taken down and was put on bottom, the potential to like get into a scramble, come up on a single leg, something like that to reverse position, I think was probably more likely than him shooting a normal double leg or a single leg against the fence. The, the the whole the days of getting takedowns against the fence, the days of pressing guys to the fence and getting those takedowns on the double leg, they're pretty oh. much gone. They're gone, you know, and so unless you're unless you have Olympic caliber wrestler like wrestling abilities, um, or you just you have a long wingspan for certain guys that can lock their hands around someone that has their legs split wide against the fence, those are the guys, man. Those are the guys that are able to still get takedowns against the fence. The rest of us, us normal people, okay, like it was extremely us normal people. It's extremely hard. It's what it's so crazy to believe that. You can take guys like DC, Bo Nickel, Aaron Pico. Even now, those guys, they struggle. They struggle sometimes to get takedowns against people in their first initial takedown. It's that chain wrestling that gets them. Chael Sonnen was one of the best guys, and I don't like to toot this guy's horn too much because he's got a big head already. But I love (laughs) the guy, man. But when you look back at his fights, the one thing he did very well is when he was younger, not when he got older. But he was able to chain wrestle. He was someone that he, he knew he wasn't getting the double leg, but he'd bounce you off the fence, come back on the body lock and then inside trip you or, or try to throw you or something along those lines. He was so good at chain wrestling. You go back and watch his first Anderson Silva fight. It was chain wrestling that got the takedowns. It wasn't just the double leg, you know, against the fence, lift and take down. No, no, no. no, no. He would chain wrestle you from single leg to double leg, double leg back to inside trip and back to double leg to single leg, sit down, dump. He was fantastic all the way around. And um, 
that has really that's one of the when you go back in the history of our sport you look at really what 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 wrestlers have brought to the table they've made every striker a better wrestler oh yeah you know and it's phenomenal to watch when you watch these guys that you knew like Mirko Krokop was you knew if you took him down it was you could probably beat him but then as he got old, as he got better and better his takedown defense not, not easy to take down at the end no yeah. and you know right foot this and left foot cemetery kind of stuff like yeah, that's <laughs> right like right like, right leg hospital, hospital left leg cemetery just insane right Love so that. i mean that's one of the benefits of you know having to fight guys is that i've lo- i've noticed that the event the the evolution of wrestling has really really helped the sport because it's become it's become a lot more exciting learning how to stuff the initial takedown sometimes even stuffing the second takedown and that's really um what we saw was Robert Whitaker was able to stuff every single takedown and make Marvin Vittori pay for every time he tried one. So I thought, throw that rear leg head kick, throw that rear leg body kick, and if he catches it and take you down, at least you have an opportunity with the submission on bottom taking less damage because he was getting peppered, the speed was a problem. Everything that Robert Whitaker did last night, he definitely, John, established that he's the number one guy in that weight class. The question is, where does he go from here? Well, that, it is the question because you're, you know, this is, we were just talking about him moving up to possibly to light heavyweight, right? And after that yeah. performance, you look and you go, you can't move up to light heavyweight. He's got to. He's got to. You can't. I think he needs You're to. the number one guy in the middleweights. How do you? Because if you really look at this, if as the UFC or, you know, any of them, first off, you've got Israel fighting Alex coming up great fight if alex wins there you go yeah boom you're right there now if israel wins yeah if you're the ufc maybe you you know you're you're looking at can i put him back but his last fight he actually fought a really good fight against izzy it was you know izzy won it but it was close and robert had his you know had his uh moments and stuff i don't know i just look at it and go at this moment, I don't think you can move up to light heavyweight. I think you have to stay where you're at. I think what you do, I think what he needs to do is he needs to wait to see who wins this fight. After that, there's really then, no one else. That's why that's, they. That's the difference. Yeah, that's where they fast tracked Pahea to fight him, is so they could say, "Hey, if Pahea wins, now Whitaker can slide in." But here's the thing, though, John. You, I, th- I believe that they're going to give Izzy the automatic rematch because he's established himself in that division. Which okay. How Kamar Usman is going to get the automatic rematch. Okay. You have certain fighters that deserve the automatic rematch. Izzy is going to potentially be one of them, which I believe, unless. I'd, I'd agree with that. If he's losing unless every he single Unless he had the worst performance ever. Yeah. Unless he's getting starched. Unless he's getting, even if he gets starched, but if he's dominating like how Usman was dominating, I don't know. I, I look I look at that UFC will give him an automatic rematch. So then you've got Whitaker waiting on the sideline for a while. Who else does he fight? All of those things come into play. Um, Pahea, though, in, in Whitaker makes for a very fun fight because Pahea is got the power. He's, I wouldn't say he, he's not as fast as Izzy. He's not as technical as Izzy. He's big as fuck. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you compare, when I, I saw the picture of him and Dominic Reyes last week, yeah. holy shit, he made. He made Dominic Reyes look like an 85 pounder. Who's the 205 pounder in this picture? You would have thought it would. You would have thought it. You would have thought it was Alex. He was 232, John. 
in that picture. Yeah, they said he was like 41 pounds, 41 pounds over. Uh, insane. Being able to make that weight. Well, the, the insane part is if you look at it, he's at 9.8% body fat. You know, he ain't got a lot to lose. So he's mm. he has to lose some muscle to be able to get down to that yeah. 185 limit. That was like he's got to hit it right on the head, too. That was like me. Every time I fought, I'd lose a ton of muscle just oh, to like... Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> You're about to lose one goddamn bit. Cringing. Dave's cringing in the background. You can't see podcast. Dave, he's just cringing. That's all right, Dave. I'm cringing hell? with you. Oh, man. Haters. Haters. Painful. You guys are just salty. Salty. All right. Let's dad. go with... My dad bought. The, let's go with another middleweight fight that was... It was fun. And this is, you know, Nazardine... I'm off against Joaquin Buckley. This was a good fight. John. What? John, John, John. <laughs> we were texting back and forth. It was so great. Oh, I love it. I, I, I knew that because John and I were very high on Imovoff. And um, it was great because I was texting him, oh, man, Buckley won that first round. He's like, John's like, you're fucking kidding, right? And I was like, Have no. Have you lost absolutely. your fucking mind? He fucking dominated. Buckley dominated that first round up until the point where he got taken down in the last, like, 30 seconds. He dominated. And I could see John's head just popping off of his shoulders. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? The it was fuck so are you great. watching? Uh, good performances by both fighters, though, I got to be honest. Uh, I didn't give Buckley much of a chance. Um, and it was very evident when you saw the two of them come in there because you have Buckley and not Buckley, but Imovov and who was the other, uh, Russian guy? Krylov or who? I can't remember. Which one, who, as far as it, in Paris? Yes. Yeah. He Magomedov. was also on the car. Magomedov. No, 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 yeah. Magomedov as well. But there was another one also. Uh, uh, I think he was like a fight or two before Imovov. Cap, uh, Dave, help me out here. Please. Oh, oh Kap- uh, Kapilov. Ka- there's a cop, not Kapilov. It was yeah, Roman Kapilov. Kapilov. Okay. All three of them are tall, long, and lanky. Yeah, I mean they they are. I feel like they are a new evolution of the new Dagestani style wrestler because you look at a lot of these these Dagestani wrestlers. Some of them are short in stature. Some of them, you know, um, a lot of them are just straight wrestling. These guys have more of that. Usman Nurmagomedov, Umar Nurmagomedov, that Taekwondo style stand up that's very mixed in, the side kicks, the push kicks, all those things staying long with the combinations. But Imovov, I'm going to be honest, John, I expected more out of him. And I'm not saying that he had a bad performance. I expected him to get Buckley out of there because let's be honest, Buckley is a blown up 170 pounder. He, He's he's that tweener. He's he's the guy that's stuck in the middle. He's, he's the one that if there was a one seventy five pound weight class, he'd probably be the champ there. He's so he's perfect for it. He's good for that weight class. I mean, he's he's got good takedown defense. You saw it last night when you know in the fights. He's speed with the hands. He throws he's a little wide. Strong. He's got to throw. Yeah, he throws a little wide, but he throws wide so he could potentially try to reach them because he's the shorter guy. The you know the 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 reach and the range is is going to be difficult for him when he's fighting these 185 pounders and he you could tell he was having to deal with that last night but Imovov looked good i expected him to get the finish he didn't get it that's why i was giving you a hard time because you and i were both high on him last week in the show (laughs) but he just he had great performance but it wasn't as good as i would have liked to have seen him to be honest but i i look at it and this is you know when you talk all the time about man a lot of pressure yeah look where you're at 
and now, oh, you got all these people there now, and now you want to look good. And look, he was looking good, but he ran out of gas. Yeah. He got tired, and you could see that he got tired, and, and Buckley took advantage of it because Buckley, he's got a gas tank. For a guy that carries a lot of muscle, he does have a good gas tank. He stays, you know, in the fights most of the time. And so by the end, in that third round, you know, Emovoff was in that position of, I'm I'm exhausted here, and Buckley's coming after him and coming after him hard and stuff. And so you know, I, I gave Buckley the last round. I thought he definitely won the the third round, but you got to give it to Emovoff as far as he did did a beautiful job in the first and second. You know, <laughs> the one when Buckley decided for the takedown and ended up getting mounted right away. I go, that is not what you intended to do. I feel bad for him, but. I look at it and go, hey, you're trying. I understand, yeah. you know, you're trying to make something happen right now because things aren't going your way and everything. And as bad as, you know, you, you can look at it and say, yes, uh, Imovov won that fight. I don't I don't take anything from Buckley in that fight. I love the way that he fought. And if I'm the UFC, man, I am so happy with this guy in that he comes to fight every time. And he, he, you know, he puts on a show, man, and he's he's trying to win, and he doesn't give up, and he takes big shots, and he just keeps coming forward. And so, you know, yeah, Buckley got the he got an L by his name as far as in the records, but man, I don't think he lost anything as far as you know people that should who should be wanting to watch him fight because he's exciting. He had, he is explosive. He'll pull off all kinds of crazy damn techniques and stuff. And man, he does. He's got no. He's a dog. He's got no quit in him. He comes after you, and he is trying to win from the beginning of that sucker to the end. So, I really enjoyed uh, the performance that Buckley put on. It was very ill-advised to try to shoot a takedown at the end of the first. Because <laughs> I'm yeah, like, what well, are you doing? Well, and he you know. like just lunged in, got sprawled on, and got his back taken. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm mounted, sorry, mounted. I mean, he he he. I think what. If you guys are go back and watch this fight, if you guys are watch, listening to us right now, and then you're like, "Hey, go back and watch that fight," it's very difficult to do what Joaquin Buckley did last night. It's ho- it's so tiring to throw that amount of heat to lunge in from that far away yeah, to to try he, he to was cover that jumping. distance. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to cover that distance, it's so difficult. It makes you exhausted. And then on top of that. You're getting pushed around by the bigger guy. So every time like he missed, he had to recover faster because you put yourself out of position. And then you had to make sure you didn't get taken down because he wasn't the better wrestler. He fought an uphill battle from the very beginning. He fought a very good fight. Yeah, Like you said, John, I had him win in the third round as well. Um, He had landed some clean shots. He Imovoff looked exhausted in that third round. There was moments where I was like, Buckley, throw a little bit more. Do this, do that. But you, I just know deep down, I'm like, fuck, I've been there. So <laughs> You're like, damn, I feel for you, my, buddy. I feel for I you. I can't lift my arms. I know. I, I mean, I never had the problem of not being able to lift my arms because I never had muscle. This guy's got a ton of it. It's like stacked <laughs> on top of each other. So, I mean, and Dave and I have the same problem. Like, we're, we're just twigs, toothpicks, no muscle. <laughs> so, yeah. but overall, um, I think there was a lot of pressure on Imovov to perform. He's got to make sure that he's working on that. It's very rare. It's very rare that you see 
a lot of these guys from Dagestan get tired, and Imamov was tired, yeah. very tired. And so it was uh, it was very eye-opening. I mean, I think there's ways now, like the groundwork is kind of inlaid, unless Imamov makes improvements in that cardio area. Um, people are going to look and go, hey, I can push him. I can break him, you know, and um, I can make him fight in an uncomfortable position, potentially get a knockout. And so he's got to make sure he fixes that because people are going to start recognizing that. All eyes are on these Dagestan for us, uh, fighters. They're trying to find any single way that they can beat them. So if you give them a little bit, the whole crew, these, these other fighters in that division are calling each other up going, yeah, he got tired. Yeah. They're sending DMs and texts to each other going, yeah, he's tired. He, I can break True. him at the end. He maybe doesn't have a lot of power, but he looked good in that first round. He looked good in that second round too. He just started hitting the, the wind capacity towards the end of the second. And we saw a little bit of that twinkle of a of um, exhaustion in that in that end of the second round into the third for sure. Yep. Saw just a little bit of break in the steel, man. Yeah. Just yeah. a little bit. So had Roman Kapilov, as you were talking about, who I am now comparing to Chase Hooper. That is Chase, Chase Hooper's bigger brother. Mm. And do they not look alike? Yeah. They got the same they hair, a little bit different nose. <laughs> But, yeah, I, who, who did he fight? How do you say his last name? Dechar Dechirico. Dechirico. There you go, yeah. John. I I expected I this now. I expected a lot from Imovov because of all the hype around him. But what's this guy's name? Kapilov. Kapilov. Yeah, I expected more. There was a lot. I know he looked good. I know he had a, he had a dominant performance. Um, it just I expect I I don't know. I maybe it's because I've trained with a lot of these Dagestan fighters. I expect them to be a little bit more dominant. I think a lot of people expect them to be more dominant, um, which I guess is not a fair assessment on my part. No, it's not. But fuck it, that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's you, you take a look and look. They all live off of being good wrestlers. Some like to, you know, use their wrestling to take the fight to the ground. Some like to use the wrestling to keep the fight on the feet. He's a guy that likes to keep it keep it on the feet, and for the most part, you know, he had the at the I want to say it was in the second round, he started to have some problems. He started to get hit, and and those shots hurt him and stuff. But when Dietrich was hitting him, he was he was lunging in. He was hitting him, but when you're putting yourself out of position, that's when you know the counters can happen, and eventually. Dietrich was too open, and you know Kapilov took care of it. But you know he's he's still young, young in the you know UFC, young in the sport, and everything. He's got a ways to go, but you can take a look and say he's got some skills. Yeah, I agree with you. He's got skills. Um, I guess, like I said, I'm putting a lot of pressure on these young guys. Um, there's they have a lot of room to grow. Look, the bright lights do a big. They do a lot to, to these young fighters. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter what, you know, what you've, what you've gone through when you were younger in terms of, you know, ensemble fights, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> obviously those things help to the extreme, but nothing really prepares you, uh, for being under the bright lights in the UFC. Biggest show they've, first show they've, that the UFC's ever had in, in, in France. That's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure there to be had. Sure there is. And you got to look at it too. A lot of these, um, Russian fighters, they're still dealing with 
the Russian Ukraine battle, the the drama, all the traveling issues. Getting a visa, I'm sure, is not easy for these fighters. It's not fair to them, you know, and uh, because they have nothing to do with what goes on in their country, you know, um, um, government wise. Yeah, yeah, government wise. So it's it's not it's not up to them. It's not they have no say in what goes on. It's just they have to deal with the circumstances, and they're getting a lot of, I'm sure, hate as well as you know just the 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 tension that they feel when they're walking around doing whatever it is they're doing, preparing for themselves to fight. And uh, it's so we, we've got, we can't overlook that. That's a part that we need to make sure that we continue to look at and go, hey, these young guys, they're young. John, the drama, the drama that I had to deal with, you know, um, <clears throat> when I was younger was nothing compared to some of, some of what these guys are having to deal with because of what's going on in their countries. And sure. um, you got to tip their hat to them. They could, they're training. I mean, sometimes maybe their gyms are not set up. Maybe the areas that they go to to train, you know, they can't travel because they don't have a visa. Maybe, you know, you look at certain fighters. They're not able to get back in the country or they're not able to travel, you know, here in the States because of what's going on. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go on. Like, you know, like the UFC, even, even Bellator got rid of, you can't show your flag. You know, we're not putting the flag up anymore when, you know, when we do the tail of the tape, you know, and it's, that's a lot of, that's a lot that goes through your fi- a fighter's mind, especially at 23, 24. You're like, fuck, I'm just here to fight, man. Yeah. And so, um, the, I, I put a lot of pressure on these young guys to perform because there's a lot of hype around them, but you have to think of all the outside, uh, uh, things that they're dealing with before they walk into that cage. So I tip my hat, man. Great performance, great job. Had a great fight. Looked dominant, like you said. Struggled a little bit, but he found his way through and and dealt with the adversity and uh, came out with the win. Great job. Yep. Another guy that actually you know had a lot of pressure on him was Mister William William Go- Gomez, who I told you I had watched him before, but I had never seen his opponent in Aaron's and. Uh, it was the one thing when I watched Gomez before, I was surprised at how much physically stronger he was than the opponent that he was fighting. Because he doesn't look that strong. And it was evident that he was much stronger. He was physically moving this guy around and stuff at times when he would get into the clinch. And I was like, wow, the guy's a lot stronger than he looks. And he showed it again in this fight because he physically just outstrength Aaron's at times. I think Aaron's is actually the the more technical stand-up fighter. He kept kept getting put into positions where he was getting in the clinch, got taken down, and he lost the fight on the ground. And so nice job by Gomez in front of uh, his crowd and stuff. He went out there and put on a good performance, got a win. You know, he's got a long ways to go. There's a lot of things that he needs to change up. He brings his feet way too close together at times. He does a lot of things that you look and you go, you got to change that, you got to change that. Same thing I saw before, but man, physically, the dude is a lot stronger than he looks, man. And because physically, he just dominates people. It's so weird because when I was watching that fight, John, it was exactly how like when you and I wrestled inside the cage, how I took you down nonstop, just like physically dominated you, <laughs> strength wise. Yeah, it's so, exactly it. Yeah, it was so crazy. Yeah. I'm glad we got it on footage. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, yeah. I'm get it from Nordy. We and, do and have fish. it on footage. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the easy. Like it was so crazy. I expected oh, we're going to be bring so that much thing stronger. <laughs> I expected you to be so much stronger. It was so funny how. Just to fling you around. No, you're right. Gomez made it look easy. Every time he got to the body lock, just flung him down. Even when there was scrambles and throws and this and that, he found his way on top. 
there was a couple good things that uh, his opponent did in terms of like the hip toss. Yeah, you know, tried but for then, the hip toss. Yeah, then got rolled through on that. But there was one where you got to take down and able to roll through and get on top. Um, what's his opponent's name? Aaron's. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah. He. He. I guess apparently he's a, a judo guy. Yeah. But he had some good uh-huh. hip tosses. He had some good throws. Um. Good. Good little uh, roll throughs, like where he got thrown himself or got taken down and was able to roll through to the top position. But Gomez looked good. He looked fast. He looked like he had. Looked like he had power on the feet. Uh, extremely um, unorthodox in terms of his yeah. combinations. Yep. But I agree with you, John. It was it was a good performance. Great performance. A lot of stress, man. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Have, being able to get Handled the performance. Well. A lot of these French fighters, and it's funny because Bellator has already done a show there in in, in France. We've already done our show there because we were the first uh, big show to do there. But anyways, um, <laughs> it was it but was not just, according to the broadcast that I listened no, to yesterday. No. Um, but no, it. I'm simply saying that it was. There's a lot of pressure for these fighters to perform in front of their people, their yeah. country, their countrymen, women, all those things. A lot of pressure. So you should expect. I I expected a lot of adrenaline dumps. I expected a lot of highs and lows for a lot of these fighters because it was I'm so pumped. I'm ready. They probably they probably warmed up so well in the back that they were done. They left their fight in the back room. And that's happened. That's happened oh, sometimes yeah. for these fighters. You know, they get there and they're just so amped up, so ready to go. They can't stop moving. They can't stop. They just want to keep going. They they can't wait to get in the cage. And they get out in the cage and they're like Two minutes in, they're like, fuck, I left my fight in the back. <laughs> like, I, I left it on the mitts of the back room. But, uh, they fought their asses off. All of these French fighters fought their asses off. A lot of them had great performances, but a great job by Gomez. Let's talk about an a, a, a Englishman who had an unbelievable performance, in my opinion, which was Nathaniel Wood, who <sighs> came from the Bantamweights. And this, and I, I honestly thought, go, you know, looking at this fight against Charles Jordan, I would go, Man, I know Nathaniel Wood's good, but he's moving up from from bantamweight. I'm not sure that his power is going to equate the same. And he's taking on a stud in the featherweights, man. I, I don't know if this is a good fight for him. I was wrong. You were very wrong. Man, did he freaking look fantastic. And he had power. He hurt Jordan. One of Jordan's biggest problems in this fight, in my opinion, Josh, was his ego. He likes to break people he likes to make it to where they start to wilt under his pressure and he ended up fighting nathaniel woods fight he got he started to fight it in a phone booth he took away his own kicks he took away some of his weapons and he started you know just digging to the body at times nice because you know woods brings his hands up high but he took big shots and those big shots just started to diminish him throughout the fight to the point where he was, you know, he was a hurt fighter near the end of that fight. He was, you know, fighting on balls and bravery. But, man, Nathaniel Wood just looked fantastic. John, I feel like it wasn't – it It was a little bit of the ego. I agree with yep. you. But it was a lot to me. It was the fight IQ. Like, literally, you let your ego get involved, so your fight IQ went out the door. And it was – you, there was no, and what killed me the most was there was no adjustment from his corner. Like you're getting hit with the Josh Thompson foot sweep left and right, and it was it was so frustrating. I'm like, stop being so close to him. 
That takedown is the easiest takedown in, in MMA. I've taken DC down with it, Duran Wynn down with it. I've taken Olympic medalists. I've taken all of these guys down with that little foot sweep. It is the easiest takedown to get because they're in front of you thinking you're going to punch them when in fact you're really just grabbing their head and sweeping their leg, like straight out of Karate Kid stuff. And it's the, sweep the leg. There's no threat. There's no danger. If you don't get it, you don't no. get it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Big deal. You don't get it. And you didn't um, use a whole lot of energy in trying. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. Cause if you, and you don't leave yourself out of position, you try it, you don't get it. Okay. Cool. We're back to striking. But he was getting it left and right. And he, if anything, what it does, it really throws the fighter off because they, they never are able to set their feet and throw power. And every time he tried to throw power, he was getting taken down or he's getting thrown off balance. He was losing his footing. It really just came down to the fight IQ. And, and I blame a lot of it on the corner. Tell your fighter, stay out of the clinch, stay, stay out of the body. suck. don't get in that phone booth. Outside That's when he's range. doing it. Yeah. That's when you're able to hit that combination that it was like, he would hit him. Boom, boom, boom. And then hit the sweep. Couldn't get it. Go back to combination. Try to hit it again. He was making it look so easy. I was jealous. I was jealous because mine, mine were never that easy. Yeah. And, um, but it was one of my favorite takedowns, man. I love that takedown. It's there all day long, especially if you can get someone to fight as dumb as Jordan fought, where you just stand directly in front of them, think you're going to clinch them, put head to head, put your head, your foreheads to foreheads, and just throw in box. He took away all the excitement that he normally delivers because he took himself out of kicking range. Mix up your combinations. Do all the things that brought you to the big dance. He didn't do it. I was really, to be honest, I was very, I was frustrated watching the fight. I was impressed with Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood deserved um, all the praise, all the things that the commentary was talking about him. He fought a great fight. He fought smart. He fought, he did what was in his wheelhouse. He made Jordan fight his style of fight. He fought a great fight. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, I'm pumped to watch him fight again. I, I'm like you, John. You and I sat on this uh, show last weekend or last week in the midweek show. We said, damn. Uh, Jordan's gonna have. He's you know he's fighting here. Like it's this is a moment to shine. I know he's I know he's French Canadian, but um you know it still was one of those moments he could have stole the moment and he didn't. He he got outworked. He got out hustled. He got all those things. You get to when you get to the upper level of fighters, John. You know this. When you get to the upper level of fighters, you're gonna the, the cardio is not gonna be enough. You can't just think you're gonna break these fighters. These fighters are tried and tested and they are they understand what it takes to get through that third round to dig deep to take the yep. shots to push back he ran he ran into wood last night to, to the wood <laughs> he ran <laughs> into nathaniel wood and it was it was i don't think he expected that i don't think he expected like see guys certain guys like with shane burgos He's such a big guy he cuts so much weight you could potentially do that to him you could try to slow him down in the third but when you get to other guys, bantamweights, they're used to going at a fast pace. They're used to, and then you bring him up to featherweight where he doesn't have to cut weight. He's like, I got this. Now, maybe he had to deal with, he was maybe a little concerned with the with the power of a 45-pounder. Maybe he was concerned with, you know, whatever it was, you know, the body size, all those things. But he fixed that. He He figured that out within the first two and a half minutes. He's like, oh, no, I got this. I can do this. He fought a great fight, and Nathaniel Wood deserves all the respect, all the praise, all the things that we're giving him right now. Great job. Yeah, great he, job. His body work during that fight, everything he did, you look and you go, man, well thought out, 
fought smart, made mm-hmm. his opponent fight the fight that he wanted to fight. And that's why he walked away with the win, and that was a, that was a big win. Because I'm being honest, coming up and and from bantamweight, I thought that's that's too much of a fight in the beginning for you to to take. I didn't think he was going to win that one. Man, he proved me wrong. So congratulations, Nathaniel Wood. That was a great performance. The fastest fight of the night. Unbelievable. Abus Magomedov against Dustin Stolfitz. Man, <laughs> what do you say? Good night. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just looked good. I mean, it's, look, there's there's not enough to get from it to be say like, oh, he could be this great. I mean, you know, obviously, look, anytime you have the last name Magomedov, you just, <laughs> I think fighters are like, shit, I'm matched up against this guy. Damn against it. Against a Magomed. Yeah. So, wow. um, good performance. Great push kick up the middle. What I loved is how patient he was with the uppercut. So he tracked after him. He waited to set his shot and then went boom, boom through the combination. Landed cleanly. Got the fight out of there. Great job. You'll find that a lot of young fighters, what they'll do is they'll rush it. You know, um, who was the uh, Mighty Mouse? We watched uh, on one one FC last weekend. And we were talking about Mighty Mouse on when uh, what he rocked um, uh, Marais. Marais. He hit him. He rocked him when he did that. He came after him and he set up the knee. Just, just tracked, kind of tracked after him just and tracked then, boom, him. knee knee right up the middle. He waited until the back hit the fence and then he delivered the knee when he knew he had nowhere to go. Very similar in this situation. He's, he waited for his opponent to back up, <clears throat> almost put his back to the fence. And then he knew that probably he was going to shoot a takedown because he was hurt as well as putting pressure on him. He was rocked, came up, uppercut, shot, boom, boom. Great job. <clears throat> Great performance. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would like to sit here and talk more about it. It was pretty yeah. fast, yeah, pretty explosive, and you got to give him credit. He looked fantastic. Can't wait to watch him again. It was about as fast as when I took you down and dominated you that one time in the cage. <laughs> no video footage. I'm gonna yeah, have to release we, that video footage. We are gonna. gonna we're, I'm definitely gonna release that video. <laughs> I'm gonna have to release that video footage. World champion, my ass. Woo. Mm. <laughs> that was a low blow, by the way. That low was blow. a low blow. All right. If there was one that I was actually disappointed, <clears throat> it was Nazrat. Apparast against John McDessie, and this is the reason why is like going into this fight, I thought that that Nasrat was too fast. You know, and, and nothing against McDessie, but McDessie's been around a long time. You know, tough as hell, but not super fast. And I, I think that I always thought that the hands of Nasrat were very fast. And this is one where I look at at Nasrat and I go, you could have, you could have done more. You played it safe. You realize that, oh, I can just sit here and touch him up and point him to death, and I'll, I'll get my win, and yes, you did. But in this fight, I honestly think you could have pushed more and possibly gotten rid of, you know, gotten him out of there. Maybe you, maybe it wouldn't have happened, but I really looked and go, the speed difference, it was huge in this. You've got power in your hands. Sometimes... I understand I, I just need to get the win because he had had the previous loss and stuff, you know, against Hooker and stuff. But I really thought that he would have performed. I don't want to say better because he got the win, but would have performed trying to finish instead of just trying to outpoint somebody. <clears throat> John, he's coming off. I believe he's coming off two losses. I don't know. Is it two? 
I, Dave, can you look it up? I thought I thought I he won his last it. one. I think he, no, he lost the hooker. Coming, the... I think he's coming off two losses. This... Wrong guy. No, Nazra, he's coming off a win. No. Two, two losses. Bobby two Green. Two losses. Oh, Bobby Green, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's coming off two losses. Yeah. Let's be honest. Fighters don't fight the same way when they're worried about getting a win. Oh, three losses in a row. I got to be honest. I had never lost three fights in a row. I'd never, I I'd never lost two fights in a row. When I lost two fights in a row, I lost three because it was in my mind. It was, it was constantly, I was constantly thinking like, shit, if I lose again, what's going to happen? Shit, am I going to lose? Like, you're just, you're thinking about, are you going to get cut? Are you going to, you know, are they going to start talking to you about, hey, like, the, now are you, now are you the gatekeeper? Like yeah. it just, there's a lot of things that go through your mind. For me, I was a different, different age. Like he's still young, you know, when I started losing like that. And so there's a lot of pressure that goes through fighters' minds on how they should fight the fight. He had to get the win. He had to perform that way. John, I'm not going to hold it against him. No, he came out with the I W. Understand. Why put yourself in that dog fight when you're dealing with someone like McDessie? Who look, he's not, he's not the fastest. He's not the most powerful, but he's tricky. The spinning, the spinning back fist, the spinning back elbows. He threw that quite a bit. He was trying to do little tricky things. Like you don't want to get stuck in a, in a dog fight and all of a sudden get knocked out and be like, shit, I was fucking winning that fight. I was stupid. Cause he was picking them apart. He was able to touch yeah, them at, at ease. The jab was there. The speed was there. All of those things were there. Um, I would have liked to have seen him try to utilize his wrestling a tiny bit more. Uh, at least make it a little bit more of a threat, but I mean, he, Why? Was, he was touch him. Well, because McDessie on his back, there's not, there's no threat whatsoever. On the feet, there was, there was minimal threat, but there's still a threat. On his back, there's no threat, you know? And so, and I'm not saying that he needed to force the takedowns or push them as much, but there was opportunities. They were so easy to get and, uh, he didn't do it. And so I would have liked to have seen that. I mean, control the top position. It would have slowed the pace of the fight down a little bit more as well, but, um, it wouldn't, wouldn't have made John happy. But I also look at, I look at the fighters, man. I look at, he's dealing with a lot of emotions going, I need this win. I need this win. That's a lot of stress. Fighters, I, you have to remove yourself from, oh, I want to see this guy. He should have knocked him out. He should, I, sometimes we, I myself, you know, have to take a step back and go, fuck, man, you've been in there. You understand all the mind things that are going through his mind right now. You understand. He's dealing with a lot of pressure. I don't know if he's got kids. I don't know if he has a wife. I don't know if he, you know, what he's supporting and how much, what his debt is or what he, what, you know, what he, what he, <laughs> now we're going I'm into being debt. honest. I'm just being <laughs> honest. There's a lot of things that go into, to, uh, into fighters. Like if you don't fight often, your money only comes when you're fighting. So where is he financially? All those things. I, I'm, I may lose three in a row. I may get cut. There's a lot that goes through these fighters' minds. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give him a little bit of a nod. I'm going to say, hey, great job, great W, you got the win, you're back on track, let's see a little bit better performance in the next fight, which I think we will. He's still young, you know, and uh, he's very marketable, he's a fun fighter, so um, I'm not going to knock you as much as Big John did, so Nazrat, got a lot of love for you. Good job, man, good win. John just throwing shade and salt everywhere. Just oh, I'm not throwing it. shade, I just, <laughs> look, he's a good fighter. He is. And he and he does have good hands and he's fast. And I just looked at it and go, man, you could have gotten rid of this. But I agree with you. Probably, you know, two losses in a row makes a big difference. And so yeah. it's all about getting the win. First, Zayam is against Figlet. Zayam looked fantastic. And watched yeah. him in his first fight. 
completely, I mean, just leveled up in every factor. His his wrestling was better. His stand-up was better. Everything. Figlak was the guy that coming out of uh, Cage Warriors, you know, supposedly had never lost a round and stuff. Good fighter, tough guy. <laughs> Definitely lost rounds in this one. Yeah. You know, and, and just got beat by a better fighter. Yeah. <clears throat> Not that Figlak cannot, <clears throat> you know, come back and prove and, you know, you know, show the next time that he's the better guy, but I, you got to give it to Zion, man. Obviously, he went out there uh, to, um, uh, is, is it Killcliffe or is it Sanford or is it whatever, but yeah. went out there, worked his ass off and put on a great performance. Yeah, good job. Nicely done. Tall, long, and lanky. Just did a great job. Great fight, great performance. He did everything he was supposed to do. That's what you want to see from your own prospects. Coming in, having a dominant performance. I mean, that's what you want to see from these guys. And if you're the UFC, you're going, like, you ever seen that meme with with the guy behind the tree going, yeah. You know, he's like, they're, they're just, they're, like, they're looking for fighters from at least one good fighter from every country. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, but this was a good performance by, how do you say his name? Ziam? Ziam. 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 Great job. Great job by him. So, good stuff. Yeah. Nice work. All right. Benoit St. Denis went out there against Gabriel Miranda, and I tell you what, that's his second win now in a row coming off of that you know nasty beating that he took in his first UFC fight. He looked good again. He was in a position where he was up against a guy that was probably a better grappler overall, better jiu-jitsu. You know, he realized that. He, you know, he created where the fight was going to be. He made it in the stand-up. And, you know, big shots, just kept putting those shots on uh, his opponent until, man, you know, beat him down. And, and that's what he did. He just beat him down. And you're talking about a young fighter who you're looking at, again, for the UFC. Man, you're looking at this guy and you go, you can build this guy into somebody in the lightweight division. You know, he's he's tough. He has no, you know, quit. That's that's obvious from what we saw when we first had him out there. He's got good hands. He's got a good ground game. You know, he was able to go down on the ground with, you know, a guy like Miranda who's, you know, tricky, survived all the stuff that, you know, Miranda was coming after him with. Tore his toe in, in half oh. and still and still fucking uh, Dave's came away with the picture. winner. Yeah, it was a nice he one, huh? He's going to have to t post that picture. That was disgusting. <laughs> it was so gross. <laughs> but there was know. a there was a picture of his toe and and but then his foot on the ground underneath it was like a pool of blood. It looked like it was like an art it was looked like it was an artwork. Like they cool. set it up with like fake blood cuz it was so picture perfect. Yeah. But it was it was a great photo. Just disgusting. Great performance though by him. He really? looked fantastic. It looked yeah. fantastic. He did. You know. And this is Other one of those that. ones. I always wonder how a guy that you know takes a beating the way he did in that one fight. How are they going to be when they come back? Look, he's come back strong, so he's proved me wrong as far as you know. You take that kind of beating, you're not the same guy. He's tough. You he's know, young. You know, luckily he is young. But man, I tell you what, tough dude. John, I was very surprised how well you came back after I gave you the beating in that cage that day. I was surprised. Yeah, yeah I was surprised, I too. I was so surprised. All the surprised. lumps that I had, it was incredible. It was crazy. I was like, man, how is this guy, how was he able to walk the next day? I was I was really surprised that you could do that much damage from underneath, too. It was super easy. You know, like, <laughs> razor sharp elbows. 
Dude, thank yes. you. Just okay. boom, boom, boom. Got so I had some Tony Ferguson elbows. Is that what bam, it was? Bam, 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 bam. Uh, is, that, is, uh, that is there the any other fights on this? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I remember. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I was concussed. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what other fights on this card do you want to talk about? You know, about? you got to give it to Christian uh, Gutierrez. Man, came out. I thought it was a little bit fast, maybe of a stoppage, but you know, came out really looked sharp on the feet. And then uh, my my cheating girl <laughs> came back. She didn't have to cheat this time. She she got a good win. <laughs> John, when we were, you said early stoppage, and I, like I want to keep going back to the refs. So we've had these conversations. I've talked to like, look, yeah. I don't just talk to John about this stuff because John's very biased and John's always right. We get this, yeah. Wow. But I talk to all the other refs. I want to know, like, hey, that was an early stoppage. You know, as from a from a fighter's perspective, and they're like, no, no, no. Look, we're early in the prelims. These guys are young in their career. They're some majority of them are like twenty two, twenty four, twenty five. They've got they have the potential of a long career. I'd rather stop the fight early now and save their career. Then watch them go face down, ass up, and ruin their career, and that makes complete sense to me. On, on what the rest are looking at. You said early stoppage. Do you think it was an early stoppage? This one was a G- little bit. Given early. those circumstances, like he, he got, he got. Hey, I, I'm going to say this. I don't think the fight was going to change, so I have no problem <laughs> there. with the stoppage. But see, that's thought, the, that's what the rest are talking about. No matter what, well, and this is you know. No matter what, that fight wasn't going to change. Yeah. So I don't have any problem with the stoppage, but I had people that were texting me going, that was an early stoppage. And so, you know, you look at it and you go, okay, yeah, you could say, you know, could he have let it go a little bit longer? Sure he could have, but it wasn't going to change anything. Yeah. That was the conversation. I was like, you could have let it go, you know, if for one or two more shots. They're like, why? Why would I, cha- why would I let that guy take two more shots? And potentially, like, be wheeled out of here in a stretcher because I let him take two more shots. Like you said, it wasn't going to change. It wasn't going to The fight wasn't going to go any different. It was going to just get worse for him. So why? So when when I hear that from refs going, and this thing, a lot of it has to do with the research that they do on the fighters. Sure. Don't think that the refs just walk in like, oh, I don't know who that guy is. They know who these fighters are. and they Oh, go there back are dummies they, that do. Yeah. So <laughs> we they, won't talk about they, them. They know who those fighters are. They do the research on them. They know whether they can take a shot or not. They they know where they're good at. Like, okay, look, if this guy gets this fight to the ground, there's a good chance that he's going to probably get this finish. Or, you know, if he can't get it to the ground, there's a good chance he's going to get knocked out on the feet. They they are prepared for what to expect when they're in there. They don't just walk in there and go, okay, fighter A, fighter B. Okay, let's see what happens. They don't do that. Majority of the good refs don't do that. And, uh, you know, you've got, you know, a lot of these refs, they understand who these fighters are and they know what they can take and what they can't take. And when they're young, don't allow them to take a lot of damage, which is smart. You know, big lights, bright, bright lights under the, you know, on big stage, that kind of thing. Don't, there's no reason for them to get starched. Let them, let them potentially have a long career, which is good. So yep. good stuff. But um, outstanding show by the UFC in their first tour to Paris. It won't they, be the last. They, they put on a put on a really good show. That will definitely not be the last. John, we when we did when we did Bellator there, it was a sold out arena. They sold same out arena. A couple, sold out same arena. Yep. yep. They sold out a couple weeks before. It was fantastic. The crowd was insane. 
for their French uh, people. It was their French fighters. They fucking were insane. But even the fights that weren't French, people that weren't from France, they were fantastic, man. Anytime there was action, anytime there was something, they were great. I'm so pumped. I hope we end up going back. I hope Belter goes back there because I, I, we, John, this is the first time I've been to France and I actually enjoyed it. Because I've been to France before and I fucking hated it. People were rude. You People enjoyed were, it because I was there a, with you and we were riding line bikes throughout the Line city. bikes <laughs> everywhere. It was the greatest ever. We had so much fun. It was great. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the Eiffel Tower. We're going to walk. I'm like, fuck that. We're taking a line, line bike. bike, baby. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> oh, it was great. We had a great time. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, podcast day. That's going to wrap up our talk for the UFC. Uh, podcast day. What do you got for us on news? All right, so for some news, um, we last week when we did the five-hour main event show, um, we did the tail of the tape on Sean Strickland and Jared Cannonier. However, right as we were about to um, start start uh, guessing on that show, uh, I got news that Sean Strickland had been out, been pulled off the card with a finger injury, um, and then I'm also hearing heard Dana White say that the fight's probably scrapped now, so they're they're probably going to replace that whole fight. Um, so St- Sean Strickland is out with a finger injury. Okay, that's unfortunate because I, I was, I thought that was going to be a, actually a fun fight. You know, both guys have power, both guys like to be in the stand up for the most part. Yeah, but they'll be able to re, you know redo it. Sean will you know get his finger taken care of. He'll come back and they're going to rebook that fight. It's just be at a later date. You know, you know what the fight I want to see. I want to see Paul Acosta versus Strickland. The two like of them. To- I like, Paulo, into a wall. I like to see Paulo Costa versus Cannoneer. That's true. I can see that too. It's a good one too. Um, look, Strickland will be back. It's a finger. Calm yep. down, guys. <laughs> it's not like it's amputated. <laughs> He'll be back. Even if it was. Uh, it's a finger. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that should be a fun fight. You know, Strickland coming off of the loss uh, to Pahea getting knocked out. Nasty knockout. I want to know if he's going to be the same guy. Is he still just sparring? Is he still, what's he doing? You know, is he is he? He's sparring the same way as he was in the past. He is the same guy. Did she train him with Chumayev? Well, Chumayev and uh, Till were were at Extreme Couture for a little bit, and he was training with them, yeah. uh, There was a a lot of guys that go in and out through Vegas that are based upon... Going to the PI and things like that for the UFC, and then they there's a lot of guys that go guys. in and out in Vegas. <laughs> Stop that! I love it. Wow, my mind went somewhere else. Yeah. yeah Next, all right. Um, Wanderlei Silva retires from MMA, um, and then the tagline on it is that he's passing the torch to his son Thor Silver. Oh, his what? son. Yeah, that's his son Thor. Really? It's a tough name to live up to, Thor. <laughs> like it. His dad's name is a tough name to live up to also in the yeah. sport. His dad's reputation is um, a tough reputation to live up to. Yeah. I look at it and it's like, I think we've known that Vanderlei is, you know, was done with fighting for a while. He's talked about boxing and he might still do that. I hope he doesn't. You know, he was never, he was never the kind of a, a technical striker as it was. He was a brawler. Yeah. Tough as hell, fun to watch, great guy. But I think it's awesome that you know he's he's working with his son, and his son is part of uh, coming up. I think his son's—he's either a bantamweight or a featherweight. I'm not sure, but he's much small, smaller, huh? Yeah, much smaller than you know what his dad was. But mom must have been small. 
Well, he's got a lot of growing to do. He's young. He's still a teenager, man. No. All right. Well, I wish him the best in uh, his retirement. I look at him and all the memories that he's. I mean, I remember we used to, me and all my buddies, we'd all <clears throat> head over to a friend's house to watch him fight in Pride. He was must watch TV. It was fantastic. So. I uh, wish him nothing but the best, man. Great guy, so fun to be around. Uh, we've done, I've done autograph signings with him, you know, for the UFC and for Bellator. Fantastic, uh, great person. So wish him nothing but the best. He had, uh, he's had some incredible. You, you go back to, I don't, do you remember the IVC because that's where people first saw Vanderlei was the International Valley Tudo Championships from Brazil um, when he fought Pele, right? No, Pele was his teammate, man. Who did he fight? Did he I fought. Saw? He fought all kinds of guys, but uh, he fought uh, a <clears throat> your, your guy. If you're thinking about it, he fought. Um, ah, I can't think of his name. All of a sudden, wrestler uh, Van Arsdale. Oh, he, he fought Van Arsdale there. He did. Oh yeah, <laughs> smoked, smoked him. Did isn't that where Chuck fought Pele? Yes, Chuck fought Pele there. That's what I was thinking. Okay, yep. so then Van they, had the, they had the netting on the bottom of the yes. the bottom rope and everything, so you get you get you'd be like a tuna stuck in a net yeah. with a guy punching you. It's like it if was, you guys if you guys haven't seen the Chuck and Pele fight, you got to go back and watch that fight. Fucking insane! A great, nasty, great fight. Great nasty fight. fight. Chuck looked like he was straight out of college. <laughs> But <laughs> if so he, young. Let's let's go into a little history here, just a little bit. Let's do it. How did how did Vanderlei get that name, the Axe Murderer? Oh shit, John! You're talking history. I wouldn't know. I probably wasn't born yet. <laughs> you <laughs> might not have been. Oh, you might man. not have been. If you go back and you look, go all the way to uh, near the beginning of his career, he ends up fighting Vitor Belfort. He fights him in. Uh, the UFC, it's in Brazil, UFC in Brazil. I remember that. Yeah, well, I can tell you that Vitor did not want to fight Vanderlei. He mm. absolutely, everything that he could do trying to get away from that fight, He because Vanderlei was brought in, uh, Vitor was supposed to fight Jerry Bolander ah. from the Lion's Den. Jerry pulls out with a knee injury, and they bring... Vanderlei in to fight Vitor Belfort. Vitor is, I, I'm not going to fight him, don't want to fight him. You know, I'll fight Frank Shamrock, put John Lober, who was supposed to fight Frank Shamrock, put John Lober against, you know, uh, Vanderlei. I don't want to, I don't want to fight a Brazilian. He just didn't want to fight Vanderlei. He knew, mm-hmm. he knew what Vanderlei was. And J- John Peretti was the fucking, uh, matchmaker at the time, brand new with the UFC. And he's the one that said, he goes, of course he doesn't want to fight him. He's a fucking axe murderer. No one wants to fight an axe murderer. And that's uh, how he got his name. Really? Swear to God. I expected something way better than that, John. Yeah, Sorry. That's, good. <laughs> that's what I it expected, was. I expected like a story where he like, he kicked the axe he went, handle he and went broke it. He went after someone with an axe. Yeah, with an axe. I <laughs> was expecting something. No, no. He, uh, but just crazy because Vitor knocked him out in what, like, Oh, 18, dude. 19 seconds. It was a fast Yeah. Fight. Big rush and boom. But that's that's how fighters fight when they're scared. Yeah. <laughs> that's, exact, that's exactly. No, like if I, I was, look, a, if I was look, a fight podcast, Dave, that's how he'd fight me. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to say anything about what happened before that fight, but it was. Uh, uh, 
Vitor was not wanting that fight. Let's just oh, say man. That. Crazy. Crazy. John with the history lesson. I love it. I love it. <laughs> John, I'll, I'll tell you the Peretti. story after we're off the air. Oh, Peretti. John, you got to sell it. Come on. He just nope. he, he, he didn't want to fight. Did he shit himself? <laughs> Did he shit himself? <laughs> Dude, his, his, his whole team yeah. basically left him in the back. Man. Oh, it was that bad. sucks. That sucks. All right, let's All right, move well, on before John let's says move on. something he regrets. No, I'm not yeah. going to say anything. Trust me. <laughs> um, ben Rothwell has booked a BKFC fight. Um, I don't know who Bobo O'Bannon is. Bobo O'Bannon. Now that's a name. Come on. It doesn't get better than Bobo O'Banion. Bobo O'Banion. <laughs> You're trying to figure out who that is. That ain't going to happen. There a promoter named O'Banion? Wasn't there a promoter named O'Banion? Uh, there's, there's the guy who was... Uh, Maybe I'm thinking Paul Bunyan. No, uh, you're thinking of... The, there's that guy, Steve O'Banion, who's fucking was uh, with uh, Trump or something like that. Oh, and the Democrats yeah, went after yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Steve Bannon, that guy. Steve, oh, is it man. Bannon? It's not O'Bannon? Okay. I think it's Bannon, yeah. All right. I like he, Bobo he, O'Bannon. He That's like a great on, name. He looks like he's on deathbed. Deathbed. Yeah. O'Bannon or Bannon. Steve Bannon, every time you see him, he looks like he's been on a bender from the night before. He's all fucking cracked out. Hair's fucking hasn't been washed in like fucking three weeks. All oily and shit. You're like, dude, how do you get through life? Everybody wanting information from him. He's just leave me alone. Oh, man. That's why Alex Jones cut his hair. He's bald. Fucking don't have to worry about doing his hair. Fucking Bannon. This guy. He's got oily skin, oily hair. He just looks like he, he straight up looks like a Death pedophile. Over. <laughs> he looks like a pedophile. Just, oh man. You did you did not oh, go there. Oh man. He's really All right. But Ben Rothwell fighting in bare knuckle boxing. Just another MMA guy taking the step over there. Oh. It's uh I don't know. Good. I look hey, good good luck to Ben. He's a big boy. He's got heavy hands. You can take a shot. Good cardio. Take a shot. <laughs> he's he's a zombie. He just keeps coming forward. He is a big zombie. Shots. Zombie he just keeps, keeps coming on forward. moving forward. Yeah, trying to land a big old freaking hammer on you. That's how I yeah. felt when you and I fought in the cage. It was like, you just like you just fell over and just crushed me underneath. So I had to like wiggle <laughs> off from underneath and do some damage from the bottom. Bam, Did bam. you wiggle out, Tony? Tony Ferguson. Did you wiggle bam, out? Bam. I just John, I, don't even, I don't remember that. So please. Yeah. Tell, did you, you know, wiggle out? Your old age. Memory's not what it used to be. <laughs> uh, I'm on a total troll phase right now. <laughs> I'm just totally fucking with John. I'm just letting it um, go. I'm having fun it. with it. I love it. All right. Uh, normally, I'm picking well, on Dave. Today, what's John. The, what's, what's next, Dave? <laughs> all right. All right. Let's move on. Um, so, did you guys see Chael Sonnen's... Um, a rant where he t- basically said that Leon cheated yes. a bunch of times in the Usman fight. This is yes. so, so the the great the greatest <laughs> line ever is that Chael Sonnen, the guy who cheated more than anybody, more than anybody out there, man. He I was know, always yeah. that guy. If there was a line to cross, he was standing on top of it, right? It. And he's going to talk about somebody else cheating. That's it. fucking great. <laughs> I love him. Chael, Chael, not only would he grab the fence, he would do anything to do to win. He uh, would tap and then say he didn't tap and let the fight it. restart. That's he it. was that guy. Like he was, he was great, man. Um, but you know, honestly, John, 
I mean, he's right. Leon did cheat. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Look, look, it, look, accidents do happen. You grab the fence, you know, you let go and you keep fighting, whatever it is. But it was just, it was, it was, it was poetry to my ears to hear Chael say, <laughs> call somebody else a cheater. <laughs> I love so it. Oh, like, I love me some Chael. But John, let's be real. He says things to get, to get people oh, to react. He says he things to get amazing. the click. I, he know, will say anything. I love it. He will say it. absolutely anything. I'm going to become the chael him, son of this show. Oh, I'm well, you already have the for thing. the entire thing, man. He's talking about <laughs> Steve Bannon. <laughs> Steve Bannon. <laughs> oh, man. This is great. All right. All right. Next. Let's move on and we'll wrap up on this one before Josh gets too carried away. Um, Josh, you may have to pull this up on your phone. I know you don't have a screen share today, but um, I wanted to show you guys Mark Zuckerberg training in MMA. <laughs> I saw it. Um, I do have it in your in your newsfeed, Josh, um, on your phone. Yeah, I um, saw it. Yep. So, just wanted to get your reaction to um, with the with the the tagline on the video: "A sixty billion dollar man training MMA." And did you guys see he was just on Joe Rogan as well? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Where he he admitted <laughs> that he covered up stuff and he censored stuff because the FBI told FBI. him to. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, buddy. Brilliant. <laughs> Fucking guy. I, I will I say, look, I give him credit. He's training. That's awesome. Yeah. He's not bad. I mean, you know, people are going to expect him to be some professional. Look, he's he's in there. He's trying to throw combinations. He's throwing kicks. He's got some head movement. He has some. He goes for the single leg, runs the pipe. He's he's going for things here. I mean, hey, as as the sixty billion dollar man, he doesn't have to do a damn thing. All right. So I give him credit, man. You're working out. You're training. Good for you. All right. I want to make sure this this was all planned. So he's done all this stuff. He's been training a little bit, right? But he he could look Rogan. like Stephen A. Smith. <clears throat> Punch the midget. Fucking Punch. hit the dick. <laughs> we're, we're really going overboard today. This is great. He um. This was all planned. He went on Rogan. Rogan's the relationship with the MMA uh, market. Then what a day or two, two days, three days later, he releases this video. It was all planned. And all of this, he's doing all of this because he's doing, and when you, when you listen to him on Rogan, he's got those new, what do they call Dave? Goggles, like those, the Oculus, those, the Oculus, or yeah, whatever goggles. Cause he wants people to be able to wear those goggles and like act like you're really fighting and, feel like you're really in there and that type of stuff. So you'll do it against other people in other countries, all this other stuff. So I actually, I enjoyed that convert, that part of the conversation of him and Rogan, because to think of where they're trying to go with all this is pretty, pretty spectacular. Um, or but let's be honest. I mean, he's a nerd. He's, he's, uh, he's someone that is very isolated to himself because he is worth so much money. Uh, he doesn't probably have a, hardly any friends because they, they, he has so much money. So for him to be out there doing this and letting it be, be known, I got to tip my hat to him a little bit. I'm not a big Zuckerberg fan, never have been. Um, but to, let's, to be honest, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to see, John. It's hard. Look, and at least he paid for his Ruka shorts. You didn't. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> Ruka, no, no. <laughs> But uh, Ruka gives me a lot of stuff, and I love them for it. And uh, the, yeah, love it. Pat Tenorid, he's an amazing man, amazing, amazing guy. The guy who started Ruka. Um, but with with him, you have to understand. Like Brogan, 
I've talked to Rogan about it too. And I've talked to some other people that are close with Joe. It's hard for guys that are, that are not just celebrities, but are worth a lot of money, that type of stuff for them to go to places and train and to be, to be surrounded by people that don't want to hurt them. Don't want to say like, Oh yeah, I tapped Joe Rogan or don't, I I know I, I, I knocked out or I, I beat up Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, it's hard for them to find people that are with, that are they're willing to train them or willing to train with them that are not out there trying to hurt them. Which yeah, is look really at you and me in the cage. You're always trying I to know. hurt me. <laughs> you fell Couldn't on me like do a it. fucking big ass oak tree. <laughs> I I called that oak tree and I said, "Hey, John's going to be climbing you later today. Just fall over on him, okay?" And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> he needs to, I need a little redemption. Do what uh, do to do him, to what, him he, what he what he did, he did to me. To me. <laughs> That's exactly what went down. Okay. Um, look, it, it's it's hard, it's difficult, and for him to make it public, you know, for people that are, for people like him, there's a lot of ego involved. There's a lot of, and for him to go ahead and put that out, like some people have no shame, like Stephen A. Smith. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't put that video out. <laughs> <laughs> At least with Zuckerberg, there was some good content there. There's some good stuff. I know a lot of it was staged. A lot of it was, That's but he did right. some good stuff. He looked. He looked like he had he actually hey, look, had look, some training. He, had, he at least had trained. You could see yeah. that he's at least working at it. Exactly. Whereas Stephen A. looked like his his trainer. I'm surprised a well, lot of put see, that video out. And again, I I, I kind of blame the trainer. What are you doing? I would. I are would, are like, you a, post are that. you a fake? Because no one would teach someone mm. to throw the combination that he's throwing. Yeah. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> I looked at it as dick dick punch uppercut. <laughs> it was dick punch. It was punch the baby uppercut. It was so funny. <laughs> punch the baby. All right, Dave. Is there anything else? No, we're gonna wrap up on that one. All right. Well that was this has been a fun show. Even though I'm here, it's four in the it was four in the morning when we started. And uh great, man. The sun is just coming up. That's why there's a little Ooh, more yeah. light on my face right now. Because the sun, I'm here in front of the windows, and the sun is actually just starting to come up. I'm gonna go downstairs, have some coffee, sit out on the back porch next to the fire, and watch the sun come up over the mountains, man. There you go. This is what we do around here. See, like, I am dedicated. I am dedicated to this podcast. So if oh, you guys that question man. me, don't ever question me again, you fuckers. Mm. <laughs> I love you guys. And if you I do question him, love it. be sure that he'll be in the comments to answer you. Yes, I will. He will I will be. be there. Um, great show, John. Great fights yesterday. Cyril yep. gone, Tuavasa. Great job. Both fighters. Tip my hat to you guys. And uh, all you other fighters, spectacular performances. Very, very, very glad that we do this show because we get to talk and relive it again. And uh, it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm happy for those young guys that were actually able to have great performances. And uh, go to WayneInPodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. It's available there. And uh, John, take us away. For everyone out there, thanks for tuning in. Even though the punk is sitting there on vacation, ready to get his coffee and watch the sunrise. If you are doing anything, have fun with your family. Enjoy, and we will see you.